Today, I'm joined by Arya Sternberg, Director of Media and Technology at Switched On, a marketing and advertising agency in Sydney, who will enlighten us with his wisdom on all things VR or virtual reality. Arya, welcome to our show. Thank you very much, Manoj. It's wonderful to have you with us. It's been a long time uh, since we've come together, and what a crazy year it has been this year, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for many, many reasons. Uh, the, the, the global and uh, for me personally as well, it's been uh, a momentous year. Very momentous. I was going through some astrological stuff in March, and I'm not into astrology, but I've ha- I have come across some educated intellectual astrologers. So I came across three or four astrological predictions done in November last year. And they were saying that uh, 2020 is probably one of the worst year. And they had mentioned economic downturn, um, illness, and um, what's the third one? Uh, war. Three things um, that's, that's going to affect 2020. And it's going to be a year like no other. But by September, it's going to clear off. So all mystical stuff there. But I thought that was interesting because now if you look at it, most of those things are kind of happening. Yeah. Well, there's there's also the, the locust uh, around the world as well. That's true. That's true. I, I heard about it yesterday and I thought, well, that's great. Anyway, um, hopefully humanity, uh, we all know humanity has gone through a lot worse times. And I'm sure we will go through this as well collectively and we'll work through all of this in a in a uh, in a cooperative manner, and I hope at the end of this, we as human beings again we learn something from this, and we can put in place systems that can prevent some of these things from happening. But they also say history repeats itself, so who knows? <laughs> Let's hope so. And Arya, today we're going to talk about uh, virtual re- reality. This is your domain. Over the years, I've spent my career and my hobby just focused on internet media and internet technology, internet marketing, e-commerce, whatnot. And I've kind of stayed away from virtual reality, always thinking, oh, that's just video games. Am I wrong? Strangely enough, today, the, the I guess, outside of games, the most usable and applicable uh, use of a virtual reality is for enterprise um a lot of things uh vr is being used for uh training um <clears throat> simulation and uh pro- also providing uh therapy and um helping people uh, get past fears uh there, there are a lot of definitely um i guess what, when when people think about you know v- virtual reality, they think about uh, like you mentioned games. Um, there there hasn't been very much kind of commercial experiences outside of uh, you may have heard of the void in uh, in the U.S. Um, and and some other parts of the world where you know you go in with a backpack and you're either you know killing zombies or there's a, a Star Wars version um, and you're battling stormtroopers. Uh, and and that is part of what it's about. Uh, but when you also think about that, you are uh, placing yourself in, in a completely uh, alternate uh, reality. Um, 
if you were to be presented with something that is beyond imagination in in the in the human world, uh, be it physics being broken or you know you you are living in the world as a mouse, and the perspective is from the size of a mouse and looking at the world as a mouse. Uh, that's just something we can't do in, in any other way, uh, even in a two two dimensional uh, movie experience, um, unless you put yourself into that uh, you know virtual perspective. And so um, there are a lot of things that we can do because the way the mind works is that uh, we can train the mind to believe what we're seeing is some form of truth. And with repetition, your mind picks up and learns and uh, stores that as reality. And so, uh, for example, if you're learning to uh, control a crane and operate a crane as you would in a cockpit with, you know, when you pull a lever, the crane does a certain thing and the, you know, the wrecking ball maybe moves in a certain pace and the physics are correct. When you get into an actual crane, everything works the same way. And so you've already taught yourself and you sort of learned how to do that. And so um, we, we can do things that allow, I guess, our brain to grow that uh, prior to that we couldn't do. And and so it's, it's definitely outside of the gaming realm. Although games right. are... Certainly, a big one. Um, I'm interested to know the history of VR, but the first thing that popped into mind as you were talking was, um, I love watching um, the uh, YouTube videos on pilots taking off and landing uh, commercial jetliners. Um, I just find it fascinating because in one of my jobs, I had to travel a lot and uh, travel overseas. So I wanted to... you know, figure out what do pilots do in their cockpits? And you mentioned the word cockpit. So am I right? An example of virtual reality is pilots training to be pilots in those big rooms where they have runways and they actually fly an airplane in there? It, I, yeah, yeah. Um, virtual reality doesn't isn't just, um, you know, donning a headset and, uh, you know, a, a head-mounted display that, that completely covers your eyes. Uh, they have full full room scale uh, virtual reality where you're you're either screens on every side, or as you mentioned in a cockpit with you know screens that are in each of the each of the places around you with working controls. Uh, that definitely definitely. What's the difference between augmented reality and virtual reality? I came across that term as well while trying to find some info for this podcast. Sure, I, I think there's been. Um, not confusion, but there has been an interesting um, mix of uh, realities that have been put out there. Uh, you may have seen also XR, which is uh, sort of extended reality, and that that is the group of augmented reality, mixed reality, and virtual reality. Um, augmented reality is when you are taking a screen or uh, some sort of a device, and you are adding a layer of information into the real world. And so uh, one example would be on Google Maps, uh, you can ask it to show you the directions. And so on, on the screen, you will see arrows pointing where to go. Uh, in the earlier versions, there was a small fox or a small animal that would be bouncing around. Uh, Pokemon Go is another example of augmented reality. So in your screen, you'll see something. Um, Earlier on, uh, this is about five to ten years ago, there were a couple of social networks where you could tag a location and put a note 
in a place. And then when you go to that place, you could look on your phone and then see the text sort of floating in right. the air. Um, and so augmented reality really is about adding that layer of information to the real world, whereas virtual reality is a completely immersive experience where um, you, you don't see what's outside in front of you. There's nothing in between. Um, MR, mixed reality, is what they call uh, what your experience is in the HoloLens from Microsoft or Magic Leap. Um, for me, that that's still really augmented reality um, because you're adding that layer, you're adding something into the space. Um, how, how they work, uh, sort of very similar technologies, either a screen in front of your eyes, um, similar to early Google Glass or... Uh, in some cases, Magic Leap was meant to actually project into your eyes. So it would put something to block whatever's in front of you. So you, would, you your brain would think that, that that thing, whatever, was actually in your physical space. Um, the other one is you probably would have seen in early days of augmented reality. You need to have some kind of a trigger. So you'd have a QR code or something. You'd point your phone at it, and then something would pop out. Um, and that's sort of been done away with now with uh, Google's AR Core and um, AR Core. Apple has their own version of it. Uh, the name escapes me, but basically you can actually measure and see the distance between the floor and the ceiling where things are. So if I wanted to put a chair from Ikea and see what it looks like in my room, I could place it looking at the screen of my phone and then push it closer or further away from me and it would grow or shrink in size uh, in scale based on where the camera knows the depth sensing in the room. Right. So it's almost like watching a movie with a 3D glasses on. Yeah, something mm. similar. The only thing is you're completely immersed in the sense that you don't see anybody else or even the rest of the room. You're just in an environment um, that's been created specifically for you or they want to have you in a particular environment perhaps to sell a product or a service? Because as you were explaining, I was thinking of tourism, the tourism industry. Um, you know, you're planning your vacation and they say, why don't you go to this um, uh, cave in Indonesia? And you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not so sure. And they just give you these glasses and you wear it. And, you know, for you get a 15-second Kontiki tour of those caves, which helps you make better decisions. Am I right? You're right, um, especially in the time of the lockdown, uh, there have been some tourist locations that have actually, especially zoos and aquariums, that have put on, uh, taken a 360-degree three, three, camera, 180-degree camera, um, and put it into environments. So you can actually go in with a VR headset and experience it. Uh, the Monterey Bay Aquarium in San Francisco is one of those. So you can go into the jellyfish pond and swim with the jellyfish. Uh, I haven't haven't done that yet, but it uh, sounds very interesting. The um, what you just described uh, replaced tourism with real estate, and think about buying um, an apartment or property or experiencing sitting in a car. You know what 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 does the interior look like? What does the not 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 just what does the uh, display look like, but how how does it actually work? and be able to use it and uh, experience uh, what that what that's like. All right. So, because I work in digital media 
And we do have advertisements that sit on a page and they blast open the page and people can interact with the video. They can have a, a 3D view of the car inside. But what you're saying is something similar, but on a whole different scale. I didn't know you could have interactivity. That's how ignorant I am, that you could have interactivity within uh, a virtual reality uh, setting like a car. Because, yeah, that makes sense. E even for even for properties, like you said, if you're renting, wanting to rent properties, right now you go through a huge listing, then you go check out the places. But you can actually shortlist your places by virtually entering these properties, checking out the kitchen and the toilets and saying, nah, this is not my stuff. Wow, that's, yeah, that takes it to a whole new level. Google Cardboard is sort of the the, the first, I'm going to say, sort of emerging commercial VR for everybody that came out um, a few years ago. Uh, and Google sort of created a, a foldable piece of cardboard, uh, which many people emulated, that you could put your Android phone into um, or an iPhone uh, later on. And it would have two screens that would show a little bit of different, different versions of what you're looking at to create, as you were describing, a 3D experience. And typically, that would be a 360-degree uh, video, which would allow you to look around and see things. Now, this was called Three Degrees of Freedom, or 3 off, because you could look up, look down, look left, look right. Um, if you moved back or forward, you wouldn't move in the space. If you moved up or moved your elevation, you wouldn't move in the space. And if you moved either to the side, you wouldn't move in the space. Whatever you were looking at would move with you. The more, uh, I guess you'd call enterprise versions of the VR were six degrees of freedom or six off devices. Typically, they were a headset. They had a cord going to a very high-powered uh, PC um, or like a high-end gaming computer. They required a high-end video card. Um, a lot of RAM, uh, that would be the HTC Vive, the Oculus Rift. Um, Windows has uh, uh, Windows Mixed Reality, which HP has a headset, Asus, Acer. Uh, but these devices allowed you to have those six degrees of freedom. So I could stand up and walk around a room. I could look underneath the table, and I would actually be able to see underneath. And so that would allow me to be truly in an environment. Now, when we were talking before about real estate, uh, what what in the in the six degree and the three degree, they created a, a means of movement called teleporting. So I could actually kind of put a circle where I want to move and then teleport to that space, and then I would be in that space. If you were to do that in a live experience, let's say for example, talking about real estate, you would have to actually have a camera take a shot or record in each of, each of those locations, uh, which is fine. You just have to plan ahead. Um, but in the gaming environments or in the uh, animated environments, you're actually building those spaces in 3D so that you can walk or, or fly or jump or whatever it is to those places and from whatever perspective, see and experience the room. Um, the evolution of this sort of commercial VR, it, it's still, I'm going to say in its infancy, but uh, right now, Facebook, 
bought the the company called Oculus Rift. So uh, they bought Oculus, and the Oculus Quest is sort of the uh, I would say the go-to device right now because it it has the the, the head-mounted display. It has controllers with no wires, and there's no wire from the headset. Everything is in the headset. Uh, it's not a right. it's not a phone into it, um, so it, it's not quite as powerful as you know uh, a Galaxy S10 or you know an iPhone 11. Uh, but it's definitely when you go in there, uh, your brain can get tricked, and you're experiencing something that will have you you know kind of come out of there saying, "Whoa, you know, did that did that just happen?" Uh, for some people, uh, for example. Uh, there's a game called, uh, I think, Richie's Walk the Plank or something like that, um, where you come out of an elevator and then from the elevator, there's a plank in front of you that goes out over a building. Um, my wife can't play that game because she's afraid of heights. And it, it, when she looks down, you you believe you are, you know, 20 stories above, above the air. You, your brain just can't get out of that. Uh, so... So when you said it's so real that, you know, it actually scares somebody to take that step on that plank thinking that they may fall. So is it live video that's captured or is it like, is it really high end design that makes it look like real? What, what's, what's interesting, what they found with the brain is that it's not, it doesn't even need to be that high end of graphics. Um, they can be middle to low end graphics. Um, they even have a, a thing called foveated rendering, where where you're looking, it doesn't it it only renders in high detail what is kind of in your eyesight. What's outside of where you're looking, it will be blurry. So it requires less computing power, um, and so this allows the experience to be even better. Um, but that game, Rishi's Walk the Plank. Um, it's good, uh, but it's but it's 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 like buildings you would see. It's not it's not even you know. If if I would think of, it's better than Minecraft, um, but it's not quite the latest Call of Duty by any means. Um, you know, you're you're playing those kinds of games on on high end uh, consoles or gaming PCs that are built to allow for those high-end graphics um, to, to be rendered. Y- your brain doesn't even need that much to go with it. Um, another mate of mine had a company that was using um, the the headsets where you put the phone into it. Uh, they had a film of a person with their two hands out in front, and you put your hands on the table. You put the headset on, and then uh, what you're seeing is a tarantula walk onto your hand. No. Outside, outside, they're taking a feather and they're dusting it on your hand. This is to help people that have arachnophobia. But your brain cannot distinguish, you know? Yeah. And so it's this it's this way of treating. And it's incredible, you know? Um, and I think the, the best example that I think most people in the world can can kind of feel comfort with is is the matrix you know if it if it looks and and feels real then w- what's to say it isn't real mm. 
So I'm not sure if this is a silly question, but I'll ask anyway. It's kind of connected to my last question. Um, so how so how do they create content specifically for virtual reality? For example, do you have can you have a TV show or a, or a movie that you can watch through VR uh, devices? So you you can, and uh, if you, in fact. If you go to YouTube now, um, you can search for videos that are filmed in 360. Um, also on Facebook, you can look for uh, 360 content. And if you if you find a 360 video on YouTube and watch it, you can actually take your phone and move around, and you'll actually see everything that's being recorded in the 360. Uh, because right. they're, they're using a 360 camera. Um, sometimes there'll be, you know, there's a GoPro that has a, a camera on both two ends and it films 180 to 180. Then it has what's called stitching in the middle. And so if you look directly there, it's a little bit weird. It looks kind of like something just like not quite right, uh, but basically they can. And so when they're filming a film, there there have been a couple short films. I don't think there's anything... Um, that's been filmed completely in VR, like a like a full feature length film. Um, but you can you can experience um, you, you can see in three D, and so it, it's up to the filmmaker to decide. In, less about can it be done, like technically, and more what are you trying to do with it? You know, are you are you the protagonist in the film? Are you a third party observer? If you're a third-party observer, wh- where are you observing from? You know, are you, are you if you're in a, a movie, a war movie, and you know you're riding in the tank, are you in the tank where the action's happening right next to you, and you're kind of like, you know, a, a gun, a gunnery guy in there, or you know, you're it, it's Jumanji, and you're there are scenes where you're a third party watching the action happen, and then there's another scene where you're on you're on the jeep. And you know, the, uh, Dwayne Johnson's driving the jeep, and you're kind of in the back, and something's chasing you. Uh, there are a couple of Jurassic Park experiences that are like that. Uh, similarly, there are a couple um, uh, theme parks where you can ride on a roller coaster. You wear a headset, and so you're 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 going through the roller coaster, and they've filmed it and created the experience based on what happened. In the roller coaster, um, which leads to another thing, which is called VR sickness. Um, have you heard of that? No, I haven't. I've been quite illiterate with VR, and I think my life is changing in front of my eyes. Get it? <laughs> yeah. v- <laughs> VR, um, no, VR sickness is uh, is a real thing, and it has to do with um, the just your your body's balance um if you if 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 your body is moving forward but you see yourself turning right or your or your 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 body you, you, in your eyes you're you're moving forward but then your body is doing this your brain and your body are not matching and so right there, there are some different kinds of experiences where you're sitting down but you're in a jet plane, you're flying around and you're, you know, you're doing all this stuff. Or there's another one 
uh, where you go into the You mean it's basically basically fooling the body and the body gets kind of confused, right? Yeah, or the or the your brain gets confused and you're just I heard about this last month where they said with so many people working from home and using um, video conference for all their meetings, they found that the body was actually getting more tired and more confused because the body's thinking, I've got people right here in front of me that I can interact with, but they're not there. You know, it's only the sound and the vision that you see, but it's, it began to confuse people. And you have five or six of these meetings, you actually end up being more tired than, than having the real face-to-face meetings in an office. So I think that's something similar you're alluding to that you, you, you're moving left, but you actually haven't moved anywhere. You're just there. Hmm. I would imagine that um, those people that are feeling discomfort from video calls would not do very well in VR. <laughs> um, Absolutely. The, the, there's an experience where you, you go into the International Space Station and um, you're, you're weightless. And so, you know, you, you're using controllers as, as gloves and you're grabbing onto things and, and pulling yourself through the space station. But the problem is you can turn yourself upside down. And so when you're upside down, but you're right side up in your seat and you're just sitting there, that's when your brain just says, I'm, that's not, that's not, there's something wrong there. Um, totally disoriented there. Totally disoriented. But, you know, the opening sequence of that, and that, that is kind of an, an educational game because uh, you're learning about, you know, what happens in the space station and the, the different jobs of the astronauts and what they're doing in there and the responsibilities. When you, when you put on the headset and it goes from, you know, the opening sequence and it sort of opens and there's the Milky Way and the Earth in front of you, and you're just there floating in space, and then the space station kind of comes over your over your shoulder and just this just massive thing in front of you. Um, it's it's, uh, it's epic, and and you know to you know to to experience that is uh, we we can't do that. You know, you walk watch on a screen, even a seventy inch screen, even a big IMAX theater. You know, um, I don't know if you if you ever had a chance to go to the IMAX theater in, in Sydney, um, but if you there are certain seats where when you sit there and there's a, a scene of a huge mountain range or just you know just a majestic scene, you almost feel like you're there, and that's that's the feeling that you get because in VR there's nothing else. You are you are there for all intents and purposes. I see this. That's a great tool for for students, teachers providing content to their students. In fact, a year and a half ago, now I'm thinking, because um, I had always wanted to learn Photoshop um, or Dreamweaver, one of those design tools. And one of the institute that I checked, I can't remember, I think it was in Sydney or Melbourne, they actually offer their courses through virtual reality. The course fees had those goggles that you were speaking about. And I can imagine school kids learning about biology or, or physics or something like that, or astronomy. Through these goggles, it would be a great, because kids learn better when it's visually presented rather than dry, you know, 
dry talk in our classroom. Do you know if this is being experimented in schools across the world or in the US or in Australia, perhaps? What makes it restrictive is the cost of the hardware. What, what's interesting is that, you know, in, in Australia and the US, two countries I know for sure, people are, uh, students are provided or, or buy uh, an iPad and, you know, use an iPad as part of the learning uh, just acumen. That's, that's just something that's there. Um, I'd give it five years, um, and I think that uh, a, a head-mounted display, and I think it will be a mix between virtual reality and augmented reality, will be a standard piece of equipment. Uh, not, not yet, um, mostly because the content isn't there yet. And what, what restricts both augmented and virtual reality today is the, the lack of content, uh, to be very frank. Um, it, it, it is expensive. It does require some uh, very unique skills. Um, there's a mix between, you know, th 3D world building like you have in, in the games. Um, I don't know if you look at the credits of, you know, for example, uh, the latest uh, Avengers movie, but those credits go on for like 20 minutes and there's like thousands of people in there, just all the, all the animators that, that takes place. And so um, th there's going to be a convergence where the computing power and the, the, the ability for artificial intelligence to, to build those worlds when you give it instruction, as opposed to humans having to build it um, manually, uh, that, that will greatly increase the, the speed to market of that, that kind of education. How, how can we be more, more efficient with how we interact with the world? Um, the, the scary thing that with that augmented reality and virtual reality bring to us is that, you know, do, do we go down that black hole of, of getting lost, um, you know, because of just uh, vapid content consumption? Or do we do we use it as a, an educational medium? Do we use it as a communication medium or a, uh, a a place where we can meet and exchange ideas? Um, the the it, it's really up to those that are developing the content and the the environments, um, and also people like us who are in the advertising space and figuring out how do we not. Uh, destroy the medium before it becomes, you know, something of value. I suppose it can be all of that. Uh, it's like social media, right? When when it first came and even now people have so many issues with it, but it's it's developing its own story and it's developing its own consumer base and own audience pool. So I, I suppose as long as you keep that technology active, you will have many actors using that tool in a wide variety of way. And eventually it'll become a source of information for some, it'll be a source of education for some, it'll be a source of income for some. But I definitely do feel it's a, it's a great educational tool more than anything. Of course, you can play video games on it or watch something interesting, but I feel it could be a game changer for universities, for schools, for institutes, where course delivery is done in a very beautiful, immersive manner. I mean, think about medical students. Uh, imagine dentistry students if they can, if they can just see someone's mouth in in front of them. Um, it'll be it's a great learning tool that way. Absolutely. Um, 
medicine, uh, telemedicine, there are surgery. I think the first heart surgery, or I don't think it was brain surgery, but it was a, a major procedure was done with a, a remote uh, remote surgeon and uh, a, a robot doing the actual work and the surgeon doing it in VR. And so, um, you know, sort of seeing and, and doing the micro movements, it doesn't take much to begin sparking ideas and thinking, you know, what if you could do that? Why couldn't you do that? You know, why, why couldn't you model uh, the, you know, the inside of, of the body? Why couldn't you do these things where uh, today it would just be invasive? Or, you know, from a training perspective, if you could go through a thousand times of trying something and doing something and learning every possible way that you could uh, mess up or every possible nuance of how it works and then go in and try it, how could you not be better than yes. the first time of just trying it? You know, and also, you know, like you mentioned, if you were to give every student the VR headset today and then over the next four years of a university degree or high school experience, feed them with all these different kinds of content that they could consume, would they need to go to a potentially dangerous place right now with the way the world is right now? We could pretty much deliver most of the content that's being taught virtually for sure. Um, we've already proven that uh, we can do it through tele telemedia. Um, it's not the best. Uh, and and I, I'm one of the few people who, no, I'm actually, most of my peers would really actually like to go back to the office. But most of us also agree we'd like to work from home two or three days a week because they commute. Why do we need to go commute two hours or three hours or four hours um, when we can actually do what we need to get done right here? Put on the virtual headset and I can then have a face-to-face -face conversation, not with you over here, but I can actually sit across from you and across underwater in, in, a, in a pirate ship. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Suddenly that restriction of I'm in my room, nah. It's not Zoom where I put, you know, a fake background or an animation or a movie. I am in that place. And when I look around, what I see is what you see. And that's what makes it really powerful. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. I didn't think of it that way, working from home uh, with the current lockdowns and isolations three months into it. Um, a lot of people who thought they could never work from home or companies who thought they could never have their teams mobile are actually learning that it's possible because humans will find a way for uh, to make things work. And if you can better that experience um, through virtual reality, have those virtual meetings, um, just like how you said, not uh, just not on a laptop with a fake background, but actually be immersed in that meeting room, having a discussion. I think that would be incredible. That, that, that I, And I think that's how the technology needs to grow. How can it benefit people in the long run? And how can you make it affordable for people, number two? Uh, I think that will be the success. That'll be the success story of VR. Um, I'm definitely interested now, and I'm going to read up more on this. Um, you mentioned Facebook bought one of the companies, Oculus Rift. Uh, what about companies like uh, Apple or Amazon, are they getting into this as well? Apple has been really 
uh, investing in the augmented reality space. Uh, there's rumor of an Apple glasses coming out very soon, uh, which would be, you know, a glasses that you would wear. It would then put those layers of things in front of the in front of the eye. Um, I could be sitting across from you. You're wearing glasses. I could have glasses on and, could, and I could have your LinkedIn profile sort of information in front of you right here. You know, so I could begin understanding, oh, this is where your work, this is what you did, and start asking questions. People that wore Google Glass, uh, they, they had a sort of a, a nickname for them, the glass holes. And I didn't say anything bad, but that's what they called them because, you know, they, they were those kinds of people. And you never knew there was a camera here and there was a small screen and you don't, you never knew what were they seeing, what information was on that little screen. And what are they recording? When is it on? When is it off? Um, and so they just felt those people were, you know, not good. Uh, Snap or Snapchat or Snap as it as it sort of came out with their glasses, which just had the camera built in. So you could record what's happening in front of you. And that was somewhat tolerated. Um, today, there's about 15 to 20 different sort of enterprise augmented reality glasses that are available um, is including a swim goggles, for example. So when you're swimming, uh, you want to be able to see how many laps you've done. You want to see how fast you swum. If it's connected to your watch, you can see how many calories you burned, for example. Um, there are There's a snowboard uh, and a couple different motorcycle helmets that have augmented reality built in. So you can see directions. You can get, you know, when you're, if you get a text message or something comes up, um, so it's that it's that basic feeding of information that's relevant at that time in front of you. Um, but for me, the, the divergent virtual reality and augmented reality, um, Microsoft is probably the other company that's heavily into it. And then the Taiwanese uh, HTC, they, they were really the ones that cracked um, just sort of breaking, breaking that barrier of, of tricking the mind. Uh, there, there's one experience called Blue where you you put on the the goggles and you come out and you're you're on a, a shipwreck, uh, you know, 20, 50, 100 meters under the water, um, big fish going by, and then a blue whale comes in front of you and it it looks at you and it's this massive blue whale and you're just you know, your your uh, your breath is taken away. Um, and it's it's that a kind of experience. You're not going to get that from just glasses. So, Apple's there. Amazon. Uh, a, a mate of mine who's heavily into the space and has a, a dedicated company for developing testing content in VR. Um, he, he thinks that Amazon will get into it. Um, it's it's a tough it's a tough one um, because. When when you have these different platforms, you also have uh, different protocols for developing content. You know, Windows versus Apple, um, Android versus iOS. Uh, you know, it's it's a as as long as there's a, a different protocol and and it requires you to buy a different piece of hardware to experience it. Uh, you're you're always going to have that sort of distributed usage um, as opposed to you know facebook is ubiquitous it's everywhere snapchat twitter everyone's you know you don't have to have a special device to run it and right now uh vr isn't there yet in terms of the experience so it's it's very hardware based 
Right. Um, we're coming to the end of our our program, but I just want to ask you one or two more questions. What's the best um, case study that that you think of to show people the power of VR? Has I I remember one of your I think it was on your LinkedIn. You had posted uh, a clip of weather reporters in the U.S. They had floods around them. There were, you know, there was a tornado. They were breaking apart the studio. Is that is that something that that's a good case study, or are there better ones? I think those are good case studies. Um, for me, I really like the 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 training um there there are three that i can think of one was um how it was fixing a the engine of a, a large um construction vehicle and this was uh they had built the the construction vehicle in uh sort of as a 3d model um and with the with the goggles on you could you, you could look at it from the size of a toy car. You could, you know, as you would expand and contract, make it as big as real life. You could make it even bigger. And then you could walk inside of it. And so you could you could see the different parts of the vehicle. You could, what, what we call, explode it. So you, you could explode it so all the parts would come apart. You could take a piece out of it and then explode that. And so when you're going in to learn how to fix it and understand what 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 is required to replace a part the instructions would show you how to do that and so when you got there in real life you had such a deep understanding of that machinery you understand where every piece goes you've seen it from every possible angle you've seen how it could break where it could break what are the steps to replace it you've gone through replacing it so when it happens in real life and you've got the machine in front of you you've got the depth of that experience. Um, another one I mentioned before was uh, uh, crane operation. Uh, it's a very difficult um, and, and skillful experience, and it's very expensive to put someone in, into a crane. How many cranes can you have operating at once if you want to train people? How many VR headsets can you have operating? One piece of software, multiple headsets at 500 bucks a piece, Versus a you know two hundred thousand dollar crane, right? Um, the third one uh, is a very simple one, which is um, uh, how to safely uh, operate a kitchen at a, a fast food restaurant. How do you know what's hot, what's not? How do you know when to do certain things? Turn on the timer, play the game. Boom, you have two minutes. Okay, get the fries of the fryer, dump it over here, get the chicken over here, put it there, set the timer there. Okay, go over here, get the tray. Uh, man, you, you just burn your arm off. You know? And what you've got are the sounds and experience. You could even have a fan blowing with the smell of the restaurant. So the brain gets tricked. And I think that these are the areas where uh, we can make big leaps in um, just human efficiency and, and how we can just do things better. Uh, the games are fun. And I love I love it when someone introduces me to a new VR experience and I put the headset on and I'm just like, wow, that was incredible. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that. And you know, I shake my head and then I take the headset off and I've got a couple seconds of, well, I'm back in 
you know, wherever I'm back in my living room. Um, but yeah, and that, that's only going to get better. Uh, and that's going to, that's going to be much more of that. And I'm sure companies like Ikea can have their instruction manuals there because people struggle with the, the bare bone instruction manual that comes with it. So if you could put your VR and they show you, okay, that goes there and you screw this. So it could help a lot of people. My brother's a chef. And so one one thought that we had was that if you could do, it could be the augmented or the virtual, but if you put someone in, and he, he, he trained in Japan. So, you know, just how you slice uh, sashimi, you know, the, the raw fish, uh, it, it requires a certain movement of the knife, for example. So if I could actually stand in the feet of the chef and see the ghost arms and move my arm at the same way and just get that motion down that right there you can't learn that unless you're in a kitchen you can be in your own kitchen putting together the ikea you know thing why could i not and obviously the ar why could i not see let me see let's see what it's supposed to look like okay here's mine in the same space okay the next here's an arrow do that next you know put that thing oh Make sure it's that way, not this way. Like, it would be just, come on, guys. Like, it's not that hard. You'd have. No, it's not. Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised it's taken that long for uptake in, um, again, like I said, the training industry and the real estate industry or even the uh, architectural companies, you know, if they want to help their customers have a virtual walkthrough, um, not a CAD walkthrough, I mean, a virtual reality walkthrough. That would be incredible. So I'm surprised. I don't know if it is the price of the product because I know kids today in schools having $500, $600 iPads. So I'm sure people can afford it if they see value. Perhaps the virtual reality industry hasn't built value yet. It's been pitched as some kind of recreation, some kind of, you know, like I said, game. So that could be an issue. It's 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 the content also to use the VR, um, how many of us have, uh, a, you know, three meter by three meter space that we can just easily go and play in? Um, you know, I'm, I've, I've, I've got a patio and I'll have um, a, a crib in the room that I would normally, you know, do my VR in. Uh, it, it does require space. Um, I, I think the biggest restriction is content. There's just not enough content, and um, both the the content that is consumed and then the interactive experiences. Uh, Facebook is building a v- VR play playland, a social space called Horizon. So you'll hear about that coming up. Uh, there's one from XR Space called Manova, which is another kind of space, and then. Um, I would highly recommend anyone that's interested to read uh, the book Ready Player One, um, which the, I, the movie was okay, uh, but the but the book really lets you experience sort of what that could be like. Watch The Matrix again. Um, the you know the, the, these are when you think about what we've been talking about, and then you go back in and you're sort of there. You know, there's one one point where uh, What's his name? Um, not Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, the other, the other guy's character. Um, oh my God! Yes, I know. I know whom you mean. 
embarrassing, isn't it? It's embarrassing. But uh, he, you know, he they're 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 training in in kung fu and martial arts, and you know, he says, "Is that air you're breathing?" And he's like, "Huh," you know, <laughs> it's like exactly. Um, yeah. So. Manoj, I, I can go on for hours. It's uh, it, it is a passion point for me, and if there's a, an opportunity to speak again, I'd love to. I, I can also focus one on augmented reality because it's another space where, for what we do, um, there are going to be massive opportunities in the in the advertising digital marketing space. Absolutely, I can I can definitely feel your passion, and I can see how you transferred that passion over to me. You know, when I got on this podcast, I was thinking even this morning, I have no idea what this industry is. Uh, what am I going to ask? And and what will I hear? And you've presented this in a, in a very simple, easy to understand manner and even got me interested, um, not even from a spectator point of view, but actually from a content creation point of view, thinking, oh my God, you can generate so much content here. Look at the possibilities. So it's definitely something that I'm going to watch out for and see how I can build my skills. And I hope there are listeners who are virtual reality enthusiasts or people who are now thinking, hey, maybe maybe I need to read up and try this out more. It was definitely a wonderful session. And, and yes, I would love to have you on the show and talk about augmented reality or even more on virtual reality as months and years go by. I'm sure the industry will change. It's not going to die that that fast or, or ever. Before we sign off, nothing perhaps to do with virtual reality, but all the episodes we have has something motivational or inspirational or something like that. What's your message for the world? I think the message is that we need to look past whatever is directly in front of us and know that uh, th there's always something more. There's always something else out there. Uh, and, and remember that if we look ahead six months or 12 months into the future, there was a time now which was six months to 12 months ahead. And if we look back, things were different and things are going to change and things are going to be different. They may, they may not be better, but they are going to be different. And how you, what you do and, and the life you live and, and the choices you make they're going to get you to that point, six months, 12 months, 24 months, five years into the future. But we have to remember that as crazy and as difficult and as, as, as like weird as it seems, there was a point in time today when we were looking ahead saying, oh, what's it going to be like and, and how am I going to get there? So just don't forget that. You've already been there and we are going to get there and it's going to be okay. Words from a wise man. Thank you. Thank you so much, Arya, for being a part of this show. Um, I really do appreciate it. And thank you for making our, uh, our life special with this uh, new piece of technology. And I hope your passion continues to grow and grow and grow. And you're able to contribute so much more into this industry and to anything else that you're working on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you. <laughs>